Next on BYUSN, it's a game day eve for BYU football at Boise State. Is it the last one with the Broncos ever? Plus, is the BYU football season already on ice? Or would a win over Boise State smooth things over? Let's go. I mean, really, like, let's go, man. Spencer on a Zamboni in Boise. Wow. Okay, there he is. We, we got a show to do, Spence. Get off the ice. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, November 4th. Spencer is uh, trying to get off the ice there. I'm Jerem Jordan. He's with uh, Jacob, uh, Jared Jacobs, our homie, Ed Gold Yeller, who does those Lego videos. Good to see uh, Jared involved. We'll get Spencer uh, back up and, and running here in a second. Why is he at an ice rink? Uh, coming up on today's show, Petros Papadakis, Fox analyst, who's on the call for the game tomorrow on FS2. Uh, what type of game does he expect in Boise? How good are the Broncos? We know the defense is great. They're 6-2. and two. They played Oregon State and, and got smashed. Like, how good is Boise State? They're good, but how good? Don't forget uh, the fondest memories of BYU and Boise in the rivalry. Is this the last game for the foreseeable future? It, that's a yes, but do you want Boise State back on the schedule? Plus our game day guarantees, game notes, and Fantasy Friday. Am I actually going to get a win? And now we bring Spencer back in, uh, who hustled over to his spot. Spence, that is the first time Ooh. we've ever featured a Zamboni on BYU Sports Nation. Congratulations. Hey, we've had some firsts over the past month, Jerem. You know, we were hanging out at a NASCAR track in Martinsville, Virginia, a couple of weeks ago prior to the game against Liberty. And it just so worked out that there's a minor league hockey team that plays at the basement of the team hotel for BYU football. With the weather being miserable outside, we thought, why not come to Idaho Central Arena, the home of the Idaho Steelheads here in Boise, Idaho. And yes... The Zamboni driver is the man you mentioned, our guy, Jared Jacobs, who has probably gotten more face time on BYU Sports Nation than some other BYU prominent <laughs> athletes. But that's it's neither true. here nor there, man. Let's it's go. True. And you don't have to tell me about the Steelheads. Big game with the Rapid City Rush tonight, 4-1, and one, eight points on the season. Like, the Steelheads are going, so that's, uh, that's pretty exciting. So, yeah, the first time in a hockey rink. for uh, And the boys are out there practicing suddenly right after the Zamboni. So they got out there quick. Yes, I'll just say they that. are. Yet. Well, I had to get out the ice so I didn't get hit by the pucks. Uh, speaking of, uh, I got a souvenir for you. So oh, I'm nice. Bring, I'm bringing you a puck home, okay? Yes. Yeah. Go Steelheads, baby. Go Steelheads. Yes. So you, forgive the Utah pucks Grizzlies uh, smashing guy, yeah. against the boards. and the. the I, there's there's going to be some, you know, there, there are grown men playing hockey behind us, and that, that's going to be part of the ambiance of today's show. Somewhere Adam uh, Sandler is back there getting ready for hockey season. Amazing. <laughs> Indeed he is. Indeed he is. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Gold Yeller looks like Adam Sandler's caddy from Happy Gilmore, right? Uh, Jared he, looks like he looks like that he guy. He so does. Wor worlds colliding here. Okay, he kind of does. All right, let's go to headlines. BYU football looks at the four-game losing streak. The Cougars head to Boise today to take on the Broncos. Winners of four straight. Pre-game on BYU TV and BYU Radio tomorrow at 5 Eastern time. Another busy weekend for Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy, Michael Davis, and the Los Angeles Chargers visit their old friend Tyler Algier and the Atlanta Falcons in the ATL. Zach Wilson and the Jets, huge test as they host Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Jamal Williams and the Lions take on 
Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, his new team and his former team colliding once again. Number 18, BYU women's volleyball took care of business at San Francisco yesterday in four, led by Aaron Livingston's 21 kills. Kate Pryor had a career-high 10 kills as well. BYU plays at Santa Clara tomorrow. 15th-ranked BYU women's soccer wraps up the regular season tomorrow night. They'll do so at LMU as a heavy favorite. Now, to win the West Coast Conference outright, BYU obviously needs to win at LMU, but they also need Santa Clara to lose to Pepperdine which is not entirely out of the question. Tough road game for the Broncos. The LMU game for BYU begins at 10 Eastern. You can listen live on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. A tie between Santa Clara and Pepperdine and a BYU win would equal a co-championship, so that would do it as well. Women's tennis splits up uh, between the ITA Championships and the Rice Invitational today, where the Cougars are 8-0 uh, in singles yesterday, 4-3 in doubles. How about some swim and dive news? The men's and women's teams from BYU take on UNLV in Provo tomorrow. Of course, coming off a big win against TCU last month. This is the last home meet of the season, 11 a.m. Mountain Time start. And Paula Sique is starting at inside center for the United States rugby team in Sunday's first of three matches in Dubai for the final spot in next year's Rugby World Cup. They play Kenya. They've got to win this tournament to make the Rugby World Cup in France next year, so good luck to the boys in red, white, and blue. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Tomorrow, Mike's the end of an era, Spencer. Uh, one that began in 2012 when the Cougars and Broncos decided, hey, we're gonna play every year. And they signed a long-term deal. It's been awesome. Uh, it's my favorite series that BYU signed more than, say, two games, right? Quality games every year. ESPN or Fox involved. This year on FS2 because of the World Series. Wish it was FS1. But it's been sweet. Kalani Sitake likes it, and he wants it more in the future. Yeah, and the rivalry is, is, is big time for us. So we're, we're looking forward to this game. And just like we had with, with the Utah State game, you know, there's we've got to keep the wagon wheel home. And this one, we're, we're trying to keep the bragging rights from, we just don't know when we'll play them again. But I, I hope we can play them in the future. But for now, it's just this is it. This is it is right. And in the Big 12, BYU will likely play one Power 5 a year, most of the time Utah, a group of five team, hopefully on the road or at home every time and never on the road. And then an FCS team at home. So Spencer, do you want BYU to schedule Boise State in the future? As long as Boise State is the quality program that BYU would schedule in non-conference, I'm fine with that. But that would mean that it would replace a game with Utah. So I, I put Boise State in that kind of realm, a non-conference scheduling philosophy, because they're a really good program and a tough game. It will always be a tough game. So. If BYU decides to schedule Boise State in the future, then that should probably be the Tier A game, then play a mediocre Group of Five team, and then an FCS foe. So if that's how BYU goes about it, I'm fine. I wouldn't say that I want Boise State over Utah, but if Utah opts for somebody else and BYU needs a good game and it's close and there's regional ties and we got the rivalry backdrop right, right now, why not? What I don't want, and I think you'll agree with me here, is BYU to play Utah and then have to play Boise State as well, and then an FCS. Then I think the non-conference becomes too tough when you throw in nine conference games in the Big 12. So, yeah, I'd love to see Boise State on a future schedule if it comes to a scenario where they're the toughest non-conference opponent that BYU has. And it's not tough to travel to. I, I like the regionality of it, and, and I've, I've really enjoyed this rivalry game. I know you have, 
but scheduling philosophies totally have to change when you go into a Power 5 conference. Do you want to see Boise State on the schedule in any way, shape, or form moving forward? No, there's no room because I would like a power. I would like Utah every year as the Power 5 game for BYU. Tom Hobel told us there will be a few years where Utah doesn't play BYU. They're not this and next year, right, with Florida. And then uh, in the future, BYU will choose sometimes not to play a, uh, a Utah because maybe they'll take a two-game series with Miami in the future or whatever uh, equivalent in Power 5. I don't see a, a way where Boise State would, BYU would be the, have the premier game be Boise State. I just don't see it. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see a Boise State game in BYU's future as long as they're still going like this. Um, and they're, they're, good, they're uh, good. I don't know if they're very good. They're definitely not great, right? Obviously, BYU's struggling. Um, but, yeah, boy, I respect Boise State so much, I don't want them on the schedule anymore. Because BYU needs two wins at least every non-conference, Spence. Because if BYU goes 4-5 and five in league, that's, that's a 6-6 six and six season. We can't guarantee that BYU is uh, going to have a winning record in the Big 12 like quickly and every year. It's going to be a tough haul. BYU is going to work up to that for sure. Rebuild next year. Well, this year ends up being a rebuild without us thinking it was until literally this moment. But, yeah, I, I don't need Boise State on the schedule in the future. I respect them uh, so much I don't want them on. Well, would it, would it be the worst thing? Now, and, and bear with me for a moment. We're putting together a BYU schedule, let's say, five to seven years down the road. If Boise State were the toughest non-conference opponent, knowing that BYU has nine Power 5 games guaranteed in the Big 12, and they don't play any Power 5 games in the non-conference three, would that be the worst thing? Would that not, say, give BYU a better chance to get off to a quick start and still win a game against Boise, which will have carry, we think at that time, some respect? Would, would that be the worst thing if Boise State was the best non-conference opponent, if we're talking about getting wins and piling wins early in the season? No, but even me, boo-hoo, the schedule's too hard guy. D still wants one P5 on the schedule in non-conference. And BYU has clearly shown that it wants uh, a P5 on the schedule in non-con. It's an interesting game early in September. It might be the only... Like, BYU may have no P5 non-conference at home every other year, right? That's probably what's going to happen. Tom Homo said he's open to multiple P5s, which I think is a little crazy, honestly, because they're already going to play nine every year. So, yeah, I, I just don't see BYU not playing a Power 5 in non-conference, especially because you've already scheduled a bunch out to, like, 2031 anyway. So it's just canceling everybody but the one game a year. No, I, I think you're right. I, I do not expect it. But if BYU has an opportunity to put Boise State on the schedule in the future and they need that game, maybe. They don't you need know, it. So, yeah, it's they kind don't of a bummer it. that it's going away. It, it, it's been a fun deal. It worked perfectly yes. in Independence. It was good and I now. I appreciate that yeah. Boise State wanted to play the game every year. Yes, it was a fantastic gesture by Boise State to do this with BYU, and it created a really fun, budding rivalry that I feel like is a full-on rivalry right now. So it kind of stinks that it's going away, but circumstances are such that BYU probably doesn't need to add that game because things are going to get so much more difficult. So, yeah, I... I would, I would like to see it at some point come back for a one-off, but it just feels unlikely. A, a one-off, so it'd be in Provo. The Power 5 team dictates that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, for sure. Like, probably. Or, or like, and again. Neutral side, we play in Brigham you know, City. 
a two-for-one is, is something that is often They'd never do a two-for-one with BYU. Teams, no teams. way. But exactly. No, they, they wouldn't do that. Yeah. They wouldn't do it. So it just, it just feels way too unlikely it's that over that tomorrow. would be the case. End of an era. All right. It was awesome. Thank you, boys. Now, speaking of it being over tomorrow, Jerem, <laughs> the last contest for BYU at Boise State. Ah, crazy. we got to make some game day guarantees for a rivalry game that is going to carry some weight for who knows how long. Maybe forever. It's time for your this team's ever play again? Guarantees. Yeah, right. To be wrong. Wait, is Mike still on? All right, game day guarantees, Jerem. Recapping the numbers, I am 14 for 27 on the season. Over 50%. I'll take it. You are 7 for 27. 7. Combined 21 for 54 on our guarantees. i got to mail it in. Season. I'm working too hard here. Yeah. Hey, you're 30%, bro. 30% is better than where you were a couple of weeks ago. Not, not good enough. What do you got for us today with your game day guarantees? I'm, I'm reviewing the numbers. I'm challenging that. Number one, uh, BYU will have under 400 yards of total offense. Uh, BYU's had less than 400 in four of the last five. Boise State gives up 232 a game. I just don't see how BYU's going to go north than 400. Hopefully they do. That'd be great. Uh, I'm happy to be wrong. Uh, Jaron Hall will throw two touchdown passes or more. He has two plus in every game this year. Two plus. That's what he does. Uh, or someone does. Sorry, Chase Roberts had the Baylor one. Correction on that. And then uh, George Holani, the running back for Boise State, is really good. He'll score a touchdown and get 100 yards because he's averaging 116 in the last five, and he has six touchdowns the last three games, receiving or rushing, right? So uh, those are my guarantees. Yeah, George Holani's really good, and if we're being frank, BYU's run defense has not been great, so that feels like a solid pick in that last one. Okay, to my three guarantees. Number one, BYU will not fumble the ball away to Boise State. No turnovers via fumble, and I'm doing this because last year it cost BYU the game. Four turnovers, yeah. three fumbles yep. at home. When Boise State ups at BYU, BYU's not going to fumble the ball away to Boise, even in rainy, yucky conditions at Albertson Stadium. Number two, BYU will pass for 200 plus yards. And I know some of you are thinking, oh, super aggressive, Spencer. Way to go out on a limb. You know what? Boise State only gives up 133 pass yards a game. Wild number. Their defense is really good. And it's going to be raining a lot. I still think BYU will find a way to manufacture 200 plus passing yards. Number three, in the Lopini Katoa redemption game. He will score a touchdown, Jerem. Let's go! Lopini Katoa is going to score against the Broncos tomorrow. Redemption for Lopini. Somebody's going to score a rushing touchdown. It's got to be Lopini. All right, let's hear from you and Voice of the Nation, our question of the day. Klaus Taki says he wants Steve Boise State on the BYU schedule in the future. I do not. Spencer says, well, maybe uh, after joining the Big 12. But do you, BYU uniform tracker on Twitter? Maybe not every season, but every other season for sure. Great regional rivalry that's been very entertaining during independence. Yeah, it's been good now uh, as a divorcee, uh, but when BYU gets married and moves to the other neighborhood, you're still hanging out with those friends? Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a different situation. At Coop Bach on Twitter. We need Boise State like we need Utah State. There's no upside. Only bad things can happen when playing those games. What? Uh, as we are struggling to make a bowl game this year, it doesn't feel like a good idea. Hashtag never play Utah State again. Well, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, with Utah State in particular. Boy State's more of the competitive nature. This became Utah State about is the, the Aggies injury. again? Yeah, suddenly, the, how'd the Aggies sneak in here? Uh, what, what, what's going on here? Bored up in Logan? 
Come on now. <laughs> Seriously. All right, Jerem, it is time for a four-game losing streak for BYU to end. The Cougars and Broncos tomorrow in Boise. I don't care about the conditions. Let's play football. Let's get things right for BYU. Game day will get you ready at 5 Eastern live on BYU TV tomorrow. Anything and everything you need to know. I, I, it was news to me that you're actually going to be on that show because I thought you just went to go watch the Idaho Steelheads tonight. But anyway, coming up, Fox Sports analyst Petros Papadakis will tell us how good Boise State is. He's on the call tomorrow night. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a game day eve in Studio B and from Boise. Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton, great to have you with us. We now bring in Fox Sports analyst Petros Papadakis, uh, the captain of the self-proclaimed worst team in USC history. He is on the call tomorrow. Petros, what's up, man? Great to have you on the show. Always great to be with you guys, and uh, thank you. It's great to talk to you again. And I love the great state of Utah and football in the state of Utah. So uh, looking forward to this matchup. This has always been a good one, and I, uh, I hope it doesn't go away forever. Yeah, and that's something we were just talking about is uh, do we want Boise State in the future? Personally, I do not because in the Big 12, BYU needs to schedule some wins, uh, especially that G5 spot where you probably have one P5, one G5, and an FCS. I would say no because Boise State is a quality team. Now, BYU's needed this game as an independent, and it's been awesome. This has been my favorite series that BYU signed up for. But uh, it sounds like you want it in the future for BYU. Well, you know, I mean – for me, I'm not counting wins for anybody. <laughs> I just like I like good football. And, uh, you know, I understand, you know, there's two ways to look at it. One is, you know, where are we going to be at the end of the season and how viable are we going to be? And obviously that's a huge deal and projects to the future. Uh, but the other one is just the proximity of the schools, uh, a lot of LDS action in the state of Idaho, as you know, and uh, just uh, uh, it's a great fit. And there's a lot of respect especially between these two coaching staffs. So I hate to see it kind of uh, go by the wayside. But I understand <laughs> your points. Uh, I live in the world, so I get it. Petros, Boise State got off to a nightmarish start. And, you know, in turn, BYU was playing really good football early in the season. They've kind of reversed courses, the two, and they've switched places but we're still trying to figure out just how good Boise State is because their strength of schedule is 119th right now, according to ESPN's Football Power Index. How good is Boise State, even though outside of Oregon State, they haven't really been tested by high-level college football teams? Well, I think, you know, Boise State is a team that has been going through a transition, just like uh, a lot of teams, especially in the Mountain West Conference. You know, you have Colorado State trying to become an air raid team. Nevada's trying to become a more defensive team. Fresno had to figure out an identity without Jake Hayner and went two and two. And Boise had a similar kind of crisis. You know, they went down and lost to UTEP and fired their offensive coordinator, Tim Plow, as you know. And they kind of changed the identity of their team. They went with uh, Taylor Green, who I really like. Uh, he's a big, strong guy. Uh, is he the best thrower in the conference? Probably not. But they can get that big body moving, and he's fast. I mean, he can run away from people on the edge. And, and that really just opened things up for them because uh, different from BYU, 
Boise's best players are on defense. I mean, they have a lot of veteran guys who've played a lot of great football. Jackson Cravens, Matlock, Dimitri Washington, J.L. Skinner, Tyreek Jones. I mean, they have a lot of great names uh, of guys who've played at a high level for a long time that you guys have seen. So uh, they started to play more to that side of the uh, of the equation, and they changed their identity. And in that identity change has come victory. You know, you you struggle to beat UTEP, and then all of a sudden you're controlling games in a much different way. But you're right. You know, they haven't really played uh, the best of the best, and it's kind of that way this year in the Mountain West. But they've had some great victories. They, they beat up on Air Force, who I really like a lot, and that's a hard game to prep for. And, uh, yeah, I think they deserve that ranking. You know, I think Andy's got them going in the right direction. And you look at the numbers, uh, and it's startling on defense. Top 12 in points allowed and, uh, you know, third downs and yards per game. Yards per game is 232. It's just like a stupid number, right? Uh, then offensively, they're only putting up 360, 5.4 yards of play. They're giving it away 11 times. They're actually negative margin. So do you feel like BYU, which is about a touchdown underdog, has maybe a better shot than Cougar fans are thinking? Because right now people are pretty down on the Cougs. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I understand the BYU's plight here. I, I played on, a, like you guys mentioned, that football <laughs> team in the year 2000. I'm not sure they weren't worse than we were last year, to be honest. But we were the, we were the only one that was last in the Pac-10 at that time. But, uh, you know, that kind of happened to us. We, we started the season hot, uh, and then we had some injuries, and we started to lose games, and they just – we started to find ways to lose games and the confidence kind of fell out of the bottom and we ended up playing like you know six seven eight in a row and you guys have done ten in a row so uh i know what that's like to see a team lose confidence and struggle to retrieve it when your depth is being tested i think that's how kalani put it the other day and i think that there's always a chance I mean, especially when you're playing a team. This is a Boise team that is not the explosive offense of yesteryear. They, they want to run the ball and play a much more possess-the-ball style of game. And I think that bodes well for what Kalani likes to do, but you have to be able to stop the run. And being unable to stop the run basically collapses you in a way, you know, it's like knocking over the foundation of the house you know at a certain point everybody is going to go down so i mean that's a huge concern but if byu tries to load the box and really obviously uh, sell out to do that this guy's good enough and they have some downfield threats not like last year with khalil shakir or anything like that but they have some guys and and he can hurt you there but uh i think the biggest part of it is just the fact that they've not been able to stop people from, you know, the second and five, you know, the third and twos of the world. People have just run them over as the game has gone on. And if Boise can do that, I think, you know, people will be down on the Cougs again. But I, I happen to think that, like Kalani said, this kind of game gets the best out of these guys. And I think they're both their necks. And all it takes is a few plays here and there, and, and we got a heck of a football game. So we're hoping for that. Petros Papadakis, Fox Sports analyst, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. 
On film, Petros, what's the most fixable thing for BYU this week that you think that they can turn around? You know, you just, I mean, you have to be able to make plays down the stretch. I mean, that's, if you play tight football and you have a bunch of people that are injured and your quarterback is under siege like Jaron has been and you have people in and out, you know, like they have guys that you're supposed to depend on just haven't been there for you. I don't know what the status of Chris Brooks is in this game. I mean, there's just been a lot of people beat up. So when you need to get a first down to finish the game against ECU, you got to get the first down. (laughs) You've got to find a way to make that play. And, I mean, other than that, you know, I mean, that's really what this kind of stuff comes down to. I mean, when you've dealt with a lot of adversity, and really that's what football is all about. You know, football is not about being perfect. We know that that's never possible. But you have to be able to overcome adversity because it comes in some form in every game, in every season, in every drive. And they just have not been able to do that. And to me, I don't think it's really a technical thing. I mean, to me, and that's the best thing about being uh, on TV is I don't have to solve anybody's football problems (laughs) on film. Uh, But, you know, to me, you know, it's just you have to make one more play. You know, you're in these tight games and you've got to find a way to win them to turn your team around and to bring that victory feeling into your building for the whole week leading to the next one. You know, when you start to lose, it it builds on itself in a negative way. And I think Kalani is a great coach. I, I mean, I, I have so much respect for him and what he does. Uh, they, this is not the first losing season kind of they've started to struggle with. I know he had one when he was there early. And uh, I think that uh, I think that they'll be able to turn it around emotionally. I don't know if that is going to translate into a victory in this in this game. We're talking to Petros Papadakis of Fox Sports. Don't ask him to solve your football problems. He's just a commentator, okay? <laughs> um, let's talk about the Pac-12 in the future there. Certainly, BYU is interested in that because rival Utah and whatnot. Pac-12 just signed a new TV deal, feels somewhat secure. How are you feeling about the future of the Pac-12 and uh, the desire, obviously, for that league to stay together? You know, I, I love the league, uh, as you guys know. I've worked it a long time, uh, ever since I was, you know, 24, 23 years old. I, uh, I've been a Pac-12 football analyst. Uh, started doing the Pac-10 game of the week with Barry Tompkins, and we worked together for 10 years in 2004. So I've been, you know, to Pullman a thousand times and everywhere else. And, uh, you know, I love the league. That being said... Ten years ago, the Pac-12, they cut themselves and bled out for the last decade, financially. They did a terrible deal. They got behind the wrong executive. They did not partner with people that wanted to partner with them and have money. Uh, the money with the Pac-12 would have been comparable to that of these other conferences if they had just gone with a TV partner to create their network. And maybe this is too much inside baseball for people. But basically, that's been the $120 million gap between, you know, Purdue and Oregon State and so on and so forth uh, as the years have gone on. The Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever it is, it's been dead since that deal has been made. Uh, they, it's dead. Uh, 
they're not going to garner the same kind of money with USC and UCLA moving on to the Big Ten. They could stay together and get another TV deal. Um, and I still love the conference and I love the matchups and I love the games. They're just not going to have the leverage that they would have had, that they had, you know, 10 years ago and that they, uh, they would have with USC and UCLA involved. So they basically lost their chicken uh, many seasons ago, I guess, would be the way to put it. And uh, I'm not hopeful for the future, but I still love the conference and I still love calling the games. We'll see what happens with the uh, the new Big 12 and the the pack, new Pac-10. Uh, we'll yeah, probably still call know, it the Pac-12 and whatnot. Yeah, I got to be. I hate to interrupt you, but I think people should look at it in the in this kind of regard. Don't think of it as the Big Ten and the SEC. Think of it as Fox and ESPN, and just these two big entities. And they're going to start gobbling up things on either side. And we're going to end up, you know, out from under the umbrella of the NCAA and college football, like it already does, is going to look dramatically different, I think, in the coming years. And wondering about, you know, who's going to go where in this smaller scale is going to seem maybe a little bit uh, of a moot point, so to speak, because uh, I think more change is coming. <laughs> I think you guys can feel it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we appreciate the time, Petros. Thanks for the insight. I know you called the 2020 game uh, against Boise State. Now you're back for 2022. And uh, have a great call on Saturday. One day I'm coming to Provo. You yes. know, every year I go. Every year I go up to Sundance, but not the you know not the not the, the film festival. I go to the real place. You know. And I love it, you know, and I see all the people coming up from Provo. I love the state of Utah. And uh, good luck to the Cougs. God bless you guys. Thanks, Petros. We appreciate it, man. Petros Papadakis on the call for FS2 tomorrow. We've been watching him for a long time. Fun to uh, finally have him on the show, Spence. Absolutely. And you know what? He was not uh, shying away from a difficult conversation involving the Pac-12. Great insight right there, and uh, frankly, I'm, it, it's kind of nice to hear the reality of that from a guy who's inside the conference. And it's fun to see that you're at hockey practice. Indeed. Indeed we are. So I apologize for pucks hitting the uh, boards behind me, but hey, th this is what we do. We, we were, we're at Martinsville NASCAR Speedway a couple of weeks ago, and now we're in a hockey arena. This is how we roll. Is that go regulation size of what? <laughs> Friends can listen to Endless Love in the Dark, right? <laughs> to quote Happy Gilmore. <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right, Jerem. Up next, we get to the Cougar Whip Around, including your fondest memory of BYU and Boise State. And don't forget, tomorrow, BYU, LMU, the women. And their soccer program wrap up the regular season finale. They'll be heavily favored as they try and hold on to hopes for a West Coast Conference Championship. And after the break, how many fourth downs will BYU attempt tomorrow? They've attempted a lot recently, and it hasn't gone well. We'll postulate as BYU Sports Nation continues from Boise and Provo. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
This is BYU Sports Nation live from Boise, Idaho, and Provo, Utah. To interact with the show and get fantastic content throughout your day, you can follow us on all of the major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Spencer in Boise. I am Jeremy in Provo. Let's whip it. Google Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, Jeremy, let's start off with BYU. As a struggling team on fourth down this season, just five for 20 in 2022. Kalani Sataki said after the ECU game, BYU may have to work on their fourth down strategy. How many fourth downs will BYU attempt or conversions on fourth down will they attempt tomorrow against Boise State? Well, right now it's, uh, you know, uh, half of every two. <laughs> it's, it's struggling. Uh, I think BYU gets a fourth down conversion tomorrow, but I'm not sure. Well, and it depends what the score is. If BYU's playing from behind, they're going to have to go for it a few more times than not. So uh, I'm, I'm saying BYU's going for it three times, and they're, uh, they're going to get one of them. In a game featuring two teams that are going to be so set on possessing the ball for long periods of time and, like, adamant on trying to run the ball, I'm expecting BYU to go for it on fourth down at least once. Now, converting that, that's a different story. I hope BYU is one for one on fourth down conversions tomorrow. I think they will attempt at least one fourth down conversion. In reference to the 2015 BYU Boys State game, Max Tooley tweeted, this game was the reason I committed to BYU, watching Kainakua do his thing. What's your fondest memory of the Boise State rivalry? It is that 2015 game. That was unbelievable, and you and I have talked about like the loudest environments we've ever experienced at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. 2015, when Mitchell Jurgens caught that pass in the end zone, that place, I mean, if there were a roof at LES, it would have blown off the building. It was crazy. And then it got even louder somehow when Kainakua intercepted Brett Rippon and took it to the house in front of Bronco Mendenhall who's saying, get down, Kai, get down. He's like, nah, there's the end zone. I'm going. The place was going absolutely bonkers. That's my fondest memories, probably those two. And then, uh, you know, 2020 was fun too with Tyler Algier and company doing work. Agreed. Those were great. Although I didn't hear it. I was in the control room getting ready for the post-game show. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was absolutely insane. Insane. Okay, on to the NFL, Jerem. Who's going to have more total touchdowns this week? Is it going to be Taysom Hill with the Saints or Zach Wilson with the Jets against the Bills? It's going to be Taysom because uh, Baltimore is 19th in points allowed, so he's going to get uh, at least one. Hopefully Zach gets several, but uh, he's, taking, he's taking on the best team in the NFL and the number one defense by points allowed in the NFL in Buffalo. Uh, a little bit of a spoiler alert here, but uh, I'm starting Taysom Hill in fantasy football this week. He's one of my starters. I'll give you the other two in a little bit, but because of what you just brought up, Baltimore does not have a great defense. Taysom looks really strong and fast. I think he's going to score some points this week. So I say Taysom Hill will have more total touchdowns than Zach Wilson will for the Jets against a really, really stringent Buffalo Bills defense. Taysom has always looked strong and fast. He was born as like baby Hercules, let's be honest. Okay, will BYU women's soccer win the West Coast Conference title Saturday? Ooh, I don't know, man. Like, this BYU has been in this situation before in the recent past where they just like needed things to work out. And so I'm not gonna say, no, I'm gonna say yeah. You know what, I think Pepperdine is so desperate 
Pepperdine has to beat Santa Clara to get into the NCAA tournament and be that third West Coast Conference Maybe. team. And they're home in Malibu. So I, I think that they will play with some significant urgency. And I'm saying like to have any shot to get in the tournament, Pepperdine has to beat yeah. Santa Clara to make a case. So I think they'll handle their business at home, at least get a tie, BYU beats LMU. And so yeah, they'll have at least a share of the conference championship. The reason that Santa Clara started so hot is because they didn't play any of the tough teams, right? But they, they won six, BYU tied two of the other six. That's BYU's problem right now. BYU's gonna pound LMU, who's 216 in the RPI. And then uh, they're gonna know at, at uh, like two o'clock in the afternoon whether they uh, whether the, a win wins it or not. But uh, BYU needs to win regardless. Have a shot. Well, we know that BYU is a virtual lock for the NCAA tournament with their RPI, which is you know top 16. Last uh, I saw. Their record is really, really, uh, it's, I should say their strength of record is really strong. Well, they don't have as many wins as they'd like, they're a really good team. They're going to be in the tournament, Darren. How many games will they host is the question. One, the first round. Uh, you kind of got to be top eight in the country um, to be a one or two seed and host that tournament. Although it does depend who wins here and there, right? Um, BYU hosted the fourth round, uh, the Elite Eight last year, because there were some upsets. BYU upset Virginia, USC lost, and so on. BYU was a four seed, I believe, and still hosted, so someone else as well. But yeah, BYU as high as 17 in the RPI as of this week, and LMU way down there, so that may go down for BYU because they're gonna play a bad team. But uh, yeah, top 20 is great, and you're, you host a first round, then you probably have to go on the road for second. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Probably one game that BYU will host at Southfield, which is fantastic. A, a home game, get it going. Uh, it was similar to what they, they dealt with last year, and then see how the chips fall after that. And just maybe there's a second game at Southfield somewhere down the line. Perhaps next Friday. We'll see. Louisville got a slap on the wrist after alleged payments to two recruits. While Dave Rose lost two years worth of wins, and Yoli Childs had an extended suspension uh, for a paperwork issue a couple of years ago. Uh, are you shocked by this? No, I'm not shocked. I wish I was shocked, but like this is par for the course with things like this. BYU self-reported in both of these instances. Don't self -report. And got the hammer dropped on them. Got got the hammer dropped on them. Whereas Louisville is, you know, skittish and not exactly, you know, being forthright about all this, and they get the proverbial slap on the wrist. So I don't get it, but. I understand, like, it, I'm not shocked at all. This makes sense because this is what has happened for years. Yeah, not shocked as well. Um, it, it was a, an issue with the, D, uh, you know, connection with Adidas. Kansas actually suspended Bill Self four games and someone, uh, one of their assistants. He'll miss the Duke game. You know who the fifth game is for uh, Kansas? It's Southern Utah. So good luck to the Thunderbirds once Bill Self, Self comes back. Uh, and that one, no, not surprised. Disappointing as always with the NCAA. You don't have to self-report. Right. Come on. Hey, you, you're just talking. No, no, you don't have to self-report. What we do want people to do is watch BYU men's basketball in their season opener on Monday. Not an exhibition game, Jerem. An actual game at the Marriott Center. Hey. As the Cougars host Idaho State and former big man Colby Lee. Pre-game coverage starts 8 Eastern on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. Tip-off set for 9 p.m. Eastern. After the break, game notes for BYU and Boise State on a game day eve as we hope to see more Isaac Rex tomorrow. This is BYU Sports Nation from Boise and Provo.
This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation here in Studio B from Provo and Spencer in Boise. Great to have you with us. It's time now for Game Notes. Let's get after it. Hashtag Take Note. That's the YouTube uh, if, if you've been keeping score at home. Game Note number one for me. Boise State's defense is ranked in the top 12 in points, yards, third downs allowed, number one in the country in passing yards allowed, and first downs. They're really good. Uh, third downs, 28%. Just, hey, Great defense. They haven't played a tough schedule, but hey, that's good defense. Um, and that is game note number one. What you got, Smith? Now you lead me into my first game note, Jerem. You mentioned the strength of schedule. Boise State, out of 131 FBS teams, 119th in strength of schedule. A close win over Air Force is probably their best victory. They played a good Oregon State team. Not much after that. So while their stats have been eye-popping, 119th in strength of schedule is not great, which is why we have a question about how good they really are. Okay, game note number two for me. The Bronco offense isn't crushing it. 360 a game, 5.4 yards per play, but they've scored 30-plus in five of six. Their defense sets them up nicely. New quarterback, Taylor Green, uh, he's a game-changer. 6.8 yards per rush. They're not chucking it or rushing it for 200 a game at all, but they're plus 80 in the second half. So that defense sets them up and then quality special teams. It's not that explosive, creative, crazy Boise State offense you're used to, but their defense is actually setting the tone. And like Petros Papadakis told us, their identity has changed midseason. Yeah, how about that? Uh, as the world turns, now Boise State's a defensive squad. Go figure. Tomorrow's game between BYU and the Broncos marks the 13th all-time meeting, and we should not overlook the fact that Boise has, frankly, dominated this series, Jerem. They lead it 8-4. to four. A win tomorrow would be better than 2-1 to one over BYU. The Cougars, I mean, they've got a lot of respect in their program. Uh, they need to win this for a number of reasons. Bo Boise has dominated this series 8-4. to four. Yeah, the last of uh, an incredible series. It's been awesome. Okay, and uh, former Cougar, I say the last. Well, for now, we'll see. Former Cougar player and assistant coach Kelly Papinga is the co-special teams coordinator and edge coach. Hey, what's up, Kelly? He's going to be on the sidelines. Uh, you got to so go say hi for me. Absolutely. And you know there's still some love for BYU and Kelly. So I, I absolutely will find him. Uh, you better believe he's not going to take it easy on BYU and Kalani Satake, though. Okay. Uh, the road team, by the way, and, and I like this trend. The road, the road team has won the last two games in this rivalry series. Will that trend continue? Seven and a half point underdog is BYU. Can the road team do it again tomorrow? This time BYU on the Boise Blue and pay back what the Broncos did as a 10 point underdog last year in Provo. Those are game notes uh, for BYU and Boise State coming up tomorrow on BYU Radio and FS2. All right, Jerem, our colleagues Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and Cleon Wall have all 
of your radio coverage for the rivalry showdown between the Cougars and Broncos tomorrow. Cougar pregame And after the break, Fantasy Friday picks. Can I get a win already? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Just enjoying. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Listen to the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. And there's always room for a Zamboni on BYU Sports Nation. Got to smooth that ice out. Let's go. Okay, time for BYU Sports Nation Fantasy Football Friday. Points are awarded on offense for yards, gains, touchdowns. Defensively for tackles, TFL sacks, takeaways, and touchdowns. And for field goals and extra points on special teams. Uh, first things first, I lost. Breaking news. I'm going to use the waiver wire. And I'm going to drop Cody Epps out for the season. I'm picking up Tyler Algier, who goes right into my starting lineup. Ooh. Zach Wilson against the Bills. I need him to do something because my, he's my, it's my quarterback. Ben Bywater is my only defensive player. I start Tyler Algier against the Chargers, who are second worst in the NFL in points allowed. I hope Tyler yeah. Algier is getting a touchdown. Jerem, you're beginning to understand the waiver wire and its full power. I, I like this move by you. And again, Zach Wilson outscored Jaron Hall last week. Interceptions do not penalize our guys in our version of fantasy football. So Zach Wilson, Tyler Algier combined, I, I think you got a shot this week, especially if Ben Bywater can come up with you know something decent like eight or nine tackles. You got a shot here. Thank you I'm for your mercy. Jaron Hall could be... Could be uh, kind of a weird night for Jaron. We think that now, and I'm being told by our uh, resident meteorologist, Dave Jr. Phillips, that the rain is supposed to stop by noon. It might not impact the game as much as we are thinking, which fingers crossed because it's going to be cold on the sideline. It's not wet and miserable tomorrow night. But uh, Jaron Hall could have kind of a low-scoring weird game depending on uh, how much he's able to throw. He's going to start. He's been my go-to guy. I'm throwing in the heat-seeking missile Fred Warner to do his thing and Taysom Hill. I mentioned earlier in the program, I feel like he's got a good matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm starting Taysom Hill as my third fantasy football guy this week. Let's hope BYU plays well because if they don't, it's going to be miserable regardless of weather. So, yeah. Touche. Okay, our question of the day. Clint Stocky says he'd yeah, like uh, to see Boy State on the BYU schedule again in the future after joining the Big 12. But do you? Jordan Royal on Twitter. No. We need a beatable FCS and G5 on the schedule every year in the Big 12 just to make a bowl game. Amen. And BYU is more often than not shown, hasn't shown consistency in beating Boise. In fact, it's one out of every three, right? Four and eight. Uh, Boise State, the Alabama of the G5s. Well, they used to be. That's Cincinnati. But uh, Cincinnati going to become uh, a Power 5 team next year. Consistent winners, even during their down years. Like, this is a down year for Boise State, and they're still 6-2 and two, and may win the Mountain West. So, we'll see. At Tyson Peterson on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. The Boise State game's always fun and competitive. Once we're playing a Big 12 schedule, we'll need a game like that as a sort of rest in between. Uh, agree to disagree. I think uh, you want a winnable G5. You want a, a team you can pound, not get hurt in. When BYU starts to get hurt, just normal football, hopefully it's not until game three when they're playing a power five team. Um, and we'll see if that's always game three. But uh, it's Utah most years, and then sometimes you might have a Miami, an Ole Miss, a Virginia Tech, a Michigan State. 
Those are all future Power 5 possibilities for BYU. Certainly. Yeah, and I, I like the fun Power 5 one-off. I like BYU playing, you know, the likes of Miami. I just want the Cougars to play a mid-tier Mountain West Conference team in that B-group game and then throw in an FCS team. Boise so, State in a uh, mid-tier. You know, probably, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're Not named Utah State. No Boise State. And frankly... Probably no more Liberty, who, by the way, Jeremy, no. correct me if I'm wrong, does Liberty play at Arkansas this week? I believe because so. Because that yeah. is a very intriguing. If the Flames beat Arkansas, like, do they sneak into the top 16 of the college football playoff rankings? No. Have we reached that juncture with Liberty? No. They wouldn't fly that high, I don't think. Um, no. no. They have a bird in their logo, so that was a pun. I but guess. the point is, no more Liberties, no more Boises on future schedules for BYU. <laughs> no more Liberties taken. Uh, okay, our elite voice of the day, presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated. At PASC underscore PASC BYU on Twitter. I wonder what they're about. Sure, why not ev once every five to seven years, but until they get rid of the Smurf turf, don't play in Boise. Well, you ain't playing in Boise uh, anytime soon then. Uh, it ain't going to happen. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutout, presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It is Tonga National Day. On this day, 1875, the Kingdom of Tonga adopted their constitution. Why do we care about Tonga? Because there's a ton of Tongans at uh, BYU, including the head ball coach, Kalani Satake, our own Hemahe Muli, and many, many others. Shout out to the homies in the great Kingdom of Tonga. Hey, absolutely. Jerem, this feels like the appropriate time to wrap up the show because the Zamboni's got to go cut the ice again, man. <laughs> By the way, shout out to Hunter Miller. I wore tan for you, my dog. Pulling out all the stops. Thanks to today's <laughs> guest, Petros Papadakis. Yes. yes. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows are always available on demand at BYUSN.com. Let me get on the Zamboni, man. Hey, that was hey, we're showing a video of that from earlier. That's great. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. We ran out of time for Spencer. I'm Jerem. Shout out to Nicole Warner. Don't forget to join us tomorrow at 5 Eastern for the pregame on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Summon that Tanner Mangum to Mitchell Jurgens energy. Starman for the win! Go, Go on! Hoosh. Beat the Broncos! <laughs>